throw will stay on his feet. Some nifty moves. How about this run from Granger? He'll have a first down at the sixth occurrence. Quick shot left side. There's Malachi Coy. First guy misses. Second guy misses. Across the 50. Flag in the play. He's free. Bye bye. State, a team that won 12 games a year ago, got the Mountain West Championship game. Chance to get off the bat in their season, a conference opener, but it's Genty who slips a tackle, runs up field, Ashton Genty! For that end zone, he's got Hornby, and that's a catch for a touchdown. Old Dominion breaks the ice with 7.05 to go here in the fourth, and Javon Hornby holds in touchdown number two on the year. The G5 Hive. All G5, all the time. Welcome to episode number 15 of the G5 Hive we aim to bring you all the honey from Conference Championship Week in G5 College Football. I am Justice, and I am once again joined by my co-host, Luke. What's going on, Luke? Doing better this week. Uh, battled through some sickness. You know, pushed through. I'm, I made it to the other side. Uh, there's, you know, no better feeling than to come out, you know, just almost back to 100%. I lied. 100% would be definitely better, but <laughs> feeling good. Feeling good. How are you doing? Uh, like I told you earlier, I'm a little sore. I had a visit to the dermatologist today and they did a couple of biopsies. So I'm uh, one, one was on my rib cage and that one's a little, a uh, little tender, but other than that, I'm doing good. I'm a, it was a fun weekend of football, uh, G five P five. There was, and there weren't like a lot of games that like I could actually like watch dang near all of them. Um, That's awesome. Have, <laughs> having the quad box and stuff. And it's like, Oh, there's only four games. Perfect. Well, it's going to be the Luke games. show this week. Cause I, I, I'll be, I, I will admit I did not, I didn't watch a single, um, uh, G five game. Um, and I didn't get to watch very much at all. P five. I watched the, the fourth quarter of Oregon and Washington, and I watched the first half of uh, Texas Oklahoma State, and I saw like the very end of Louisville Florida State, and, and that was pretty much it. Um, yeah, I guess I, was, I did not get to watch much of the would be like new like noonish games on Saturday. Like I was at a. I went to a so first I went to Disney on Ice, uh, so big Disney on Ice fan. Didn't go for the kids, obviously. It's you know just for me. Um, but then afterwards we went to an called Analog. It's an arcade pizzeria where it's like pinball machines, air hockey, pop so like shot, kind of like a Dave and Buster's kind of sort of. Or? Yeah, and then they served beer, just pizza. So we went there, had pizza, and then kind of watched a little bit of the Texas game as it was happening and then watching some of the Miami of Ohio game, you know, when that was going on. So I didn't get to like watch it, watch it, but I could kind of follow along here and there. And then I had to drive like an hour, I don't know, 45 minutes home. So I didn't get to watch all of those games I missed out on, but. Yeah. Friday night, I guess I spent most of my time with my wife watching, watching a movie, which was a terrible movie, but. Yeah, got to spend time with the wife, and then yeah, Saturday we went to a uh, went to dinner, and then we went to a a lighted boat Christmas parade. So that that was kind of different and cool. So it's fun. Spent one more right. with my family, and it was cool to see. What is a lighted boat Christmas parade? I live in Iowa. We don't have just like water around like. So basically, people people decorated their boats and then they parade down like the river, and you get to you know watch them. They throw candy like at parades. No, 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 no. 
<laughs> so there's <laughs> so you go there just for the lights. Just for the, just lights. Going okay. for the lights. Like are they are they pretty basic or they're like some they're like, wow, this is like um, it, it ran the gamut. It ran the gamut. Okay. There was some that were very basic, and then there were some that were like you were like whole like one guy was like pulling a barge behind him and like I mean he was all it was yeah. It ran the gamut. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. One boat was clearly like the Grinch theme, all red and green lights. People dressed as the Grinch. Yeah, I mean, it, it was cool. It was fun. Something different. All right. Well, let's get into uh, what the swarm needs to know. Our news and notes. There's a lot going on this week. So Justice and I decided to talk about. All right, we're going to talk about some conference championships. We're going to talk about some, you know, coach of the year, player of the year stuff. Uh, for for the conferences and some coaching changes uh, going on. Yeah, and I have a little bit of news, other news in here, um, but we, we we're not we're not like talking like portal news, um, just other kind of news for G five players I thought would be of interest. So yeah, yeah. There's there's. Are you worried about a player being in the transfer portal? Well, they are probably in the transfer <laughs> portal. So we will come back to you when uh, we actually know where people go as opposed yeah, to spend time speculating. You know, it, the portal just opened uh, today. Today, officially today. And then it's open for what, like 20 days, 20 days. So I think it's 20 days. It might be. Yeah, it's something like I think I think you're right. I think it is 20 days. So, I mean. You know, we'll, we'll kind of cover that when things kind of settle down because right now it's kind of pointless to talk about it because you don't know where they're going. They can always go back. I mean, there's just a lot of one thing a that lot people of, a lot of moving parts. A lot of one of the things that people don't talk about is like, oh, you can go to the transfer portal. Well, once you declare you're in the transfer portal, that college can revoke their scholarship from you. It's not that you're Absolutely. getting that back. So. I mean, it really depends off. on the school, right? Um, I mean, I can just tell you, like, um, every Old Dominion player that's entered the portal, they've been removed from the roster. Uh, but then you look at a school like JMU, and they haven't done that. Um, and then, like, or you know, Austin McLeod, Reed last year, Jordan McLeod has said he's uh, he's going to play in the bowl game, but he's in the portal, which just kind of I don't know. Like to me, like, I don't if I am a associate with that team i'm a coach i'm a, a player like if the dude's already said he's bailing we'll see you later like i don't know that's just kind of how i feel about it but it's different definitely gonna make it interesting thing. it'll make it interesting come bull pick them time well and then plus opt-outs right like well you know like how many people are opting out like um you know, I've heard rumors that maybe austin reed and malachi corley aren't playing in the bowl game for western kentucky which Great news for me as an old Dominion fan, right? But um, you know, from a, a you know, from a just going and seeing the game, it's gonna suck, right? If if that's true, but get to see what they have for next year, I guess. Yep. Well, all right. Uh, you want to start? We'll start with our uh, kind of the the awards for the various conferences. Um, we'll start with the Mountain West. Uh, no shocker here. The Mountain West Offensive Player of the Year, running back from Boise State, Ashton JT. Like, I don't know that there was really any kind of question as to who it would be. Um, I mean, the, the the dude did it all. Like, I think we talked about uh, last episode. Like, if he hadn't gotten hurt, would he have gotten an invite to um, to New York yeah, the Heisman, as, yeah. As, as, for the Heisman. And I definitely think he would have <laughs> yeah, he I don't is, think he would have won, but I think he would have got an invite. Uh, kind of cool. His birthday was uh, on the Mountain West uh, championship game, I don't know, day or whatnot. So topping your birthday off with a conference championship, pretty nice. That is That is very cool. Um, freshman of the year for the Mountain West – UNLV quarterback Jaden Mayava. Um, funny thing is, he is in the portal. Just, <laughs> he, he entered the portal, I think, today. Um, yep. UNLV head coach Barry Odom was the Mountain West Coach of the Year. 
definitely he definitely deserved that. They definitely exceeded expectations. Uh, made it to the championship game, didn't win, but they made it uh, um, quite an accomplishment for UNLV and, and how they performed uh, in the past. Uh, moving on to the American, the American Offensive Player of the Year, quarterback from Tulane, Michael Pratt. Um, and I, I did hear that Pratt accepted his senior bowl invite. Yes. And so that means he's done. Um, I don't think, I mean, people don't generally accept if they're planning on doing something different. So I don't know if is, I've seen anybody go to like a shrine bowl, you know, any of those type of bowls and come back. Yeah. I don't think so either. So. Typically like once you accept the invite, um, th- those guys are pretty much gone. Um, uh, rookie of the year in the American, another Tulane award. Uh, running back Makai Hughes, who was just phenomenal this past year, um, had had an amazing year, um, and ho- hopefully he keeps things rolling at Tulane. And then the um, the, the coach of the year, also Tulane quarter uh, Tulane uh, Willie Fritz was the American coach of the year. So Tulane pretty much swept. Uh, at least the words we're talking about, anyway, right? Yeah. I mean, they have defensive player, other stuff. I didn't, we, I didn't put that on our sheet today, but you know, great year for Tulane. Um, disappointed that they didn't that they didn't win the conference, but you know, they had a great year nonetheless. With Willie Fritz taking that job at Houston, I am very curious on what happens with Makai Hughes and the offense yeah. at Tulane. You know, does Hughes yeah. also go with? I'll be kind of curious on what the, what goes on there. Uh, Mac, top player, uh, goes to Daquan Finn, the quarterback Toledo. Who also entered the portal today. <laughs> which is kind of like, uh, like, I guess, where does he go? I, I talked about, we're not going to talk about speculation, but where does, like, Daquan Finn go? Like, he's, like, the perfect G5 player quarterback like um I mean, like, to... maybe like nc state right a robert and i system um i could see that right um okay i don't know i just i, I don't know I, I really haven't given it much thought to be honest with you but just off the top of my head that one kind of like would seem like a possible fit and then we've got the mac offensive player of the year penny boone running back Toledo with the freshman of the year being Jalen Buckley running back out of Western Michigan. And then Toledo head coach Jason Candle was the coach of the year in the back. So Toledo almost with the sweep, um, but yeah. Got uh, JMU quarterback Jordan McLeod was the Sun Belt player of the year. Also, in, in the, the transfer portal, um, <laughs> Troy's running back, Kamani Vidal, uh, Sunbelt Offensive Player of the Year. Great, uh, great year put on by Kamani. Hopefully, yep. he comes back. We'll see if he tests out the portal. But uh, big game in the championship. Arkansas State quarterback, Jalen Rayner, freshman of the year in the Sunbelt. Came out firing, uh, kind of. I don't know if I want to say dud, you know, ten towards the end of the year, but definitely not as exciting, uh, towards the later half if you had him in fantasy. But uh, great showing nonetheless. Hard to come out as a true freshman and uh, put up, you know, kind of the season that he he did. Uh, JMU's head coach, Kurt Sinetti, uh, coach of the year in the Sun Belt. He parlayed uh, he that was rewarded. A five job. <laughs> he re- he was rewarded by uh, getting the the job there at Indiana. I don't know if we have it on here later or not, but it, you know, we we talked off. Uh, I think it was maybe we didn't talk about this, and I was talking to somebody else about it. But JMU is having a hard time uh, with contract negotiations for their next head coach. Um, yeah, because they kind of want something big, in there that's just, yeah, you can't just like use this as a stepping stone. 
So, anyways, Conference USA. I could not find where they have announced any of their award winners yet. Um, I gotta believe Caden Salter is the Player of the Year, right? I mean, It'll pretty much be the Liberty. You got new <laughs> yeah, head I mean, coach. Yeah, Chad Wells probably the the Coach of the Year. Uh, Salter will be the the Player of the Year. Um, I don't know if they'll do rookie or maybe they'll do newcomer. I don't know. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm trying. I can't like off the top of my head. I can't think of like a true freshman that went bonkers and see USA. I'm sure there was one, but off the top of my head, I don't. I can't really think of one. Um, um I'd say the player, of the offense player of the year, Blake Watson. No, it's American. They're American. Oh, that's American. Sorry. It's got to be Salter. It's got to be Caden Salter. I don't know uh, who else it would be. Did, did the American... Uh, so there's Hughes. How did... How did... I wonder where, where Watson finished. Because, I don't know. I don't think Michael Pratt was all that great. In comparison, now that I think about it, but oh well. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, and I'm not sure why the Conference USA has not announced yet. Um, but for whatever reason, I'm just kind of looking through some. I don't see anybody that I think would be like they didn't really have any f- freshmen that were. Kind of leading the uh, leading the conference in anything. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure who's gonna be freshman of the year, but I'm sure Chadwell wins coach of the year and Caden Softer is player of the year. Other than that, yeah. I got, I got nothing. <laughs> uh, JT Daniels, uh, quarterback at Rice, he medically retires. And uh, I, shame because he, you know, he. Did he have eligibility left? I just found that really odd because I didn't think he had any eligibility left, but then there's this announcement that he's medically retiring. I mean, I guess technically he could say, well, I'm medically retiring, so I'm not playing in the bowl game. Um, but what, I find it hard I to believe he'd have a year left after after this year. I don't know year, how it works anymore, Justice. It's crazy. It's crazy. It is absolutely – you're absolutely right. I'm, I don't know either. Maybe he would. I just kind of can't wait for the next, like, two years to get over because then we don't have to kind of like worry. I think it's two years. <laughs> right. Maybe it's a year. We're, we're getting closer, right? Getting closer to be able to understanding uh, to understand eligibility. Yeah. We got, we got to get past 2020. Once we, once, once that cycle is out, you know, we need everyone that came in in 2020 and 21 and, and up. And then, then we can figure it out a lot easier. And then, I don't know how I feel about this in general, um, but now we've got like people, players coming out and saying, I am staying with my university. Like, do you really, do you really need to come out and say, <laughs> say it? I am staying here? Like the, not G5, but like Kevin Concepcion at uh, NC State, you know, NC State, you got freshmen like you, who do you think you are? You are a freshman. And you gotta come out and say that I'm staying here. That's kind of weird. It's but, just the world. This is the college football world that we're in now. But I'm happy to see that Jalen Royals is staying at Utah State. Not exactly uh, sure about who they brought in um, in there in the portal with Spencer Petras being an Iowa fan. Not great about not feeling great about that. Uh, so feel like well, I'm pretty you know, sure Lagos still has a year and Hillstead will be back too. So, so I don't, I, don't I, I certainly don't expect Spencer Petrus to start for them. Uh, let me get Casey Thompson, uh, quarterback at Florida Atlantic, who's granted another year availability eligibility with a medical hardship. And a guy that I thought his career was over, Brett Gabbert, is going to return court, at quarterback for Miami of Ohio next year. And, and I don't that, know how I feel about like. I love Brett Brett Gabbert returning because I have a lot of Gage Larverdane shares, and if Gabbert's going to be the QB, Larverdane's going to eat. Avion Smith, he's not a passer. 
Lava Dean, like, you know, you know, not gonna not gonna set the world on fire. So I'm personally excited that Brett Gabbard's returning just because of my gauge Lava Dean shares. If Smith could throw a football, that game would not have been close for Miami of Ohio. But he was having a rough time, rough go at it. So that game was a lot closer than it needed to be. Um, yeah, he's not a passer, that's for sure. Pac-12, Pac-2, uh, and the Mountain West, and the Mountain West scheduling uh, is under an agreement that the Mountain West team will play seven conference games instead of eight, with one game against either Oregon State or Washington State. Four will be at home. Four will be on the road. And these games against the Beaver and the Cougars will not count uh, in the conference standings. And Oregon State and Washington State will not will not be eligible for a Mountain West championship. The conference will also receive $14 million, um, from the two Pac-12 schools. Now, I don't understand all of this quite yet. Because to my understanding, you have to have eight teams in a conference to be considered a conference. But if the Pac-12 is just two teams, I'm not sure how this works. Yeah, unless there's it's some not sort of weird right? things. Unless there's some weird thing that the Pac-12 and the Mountain West are considered one conference, except for when it comes to a conference. Like I. I don't know. There's got to be some sort of link, li- language in this agreement. There's got to be some reason they're doing it this way, but like, I mean, it's not whatever it is. I don't think it's probably not sustainable. My guess is the Pac-12 is going to go away. Washington State and Oregon State <laughs> are going to join the Mountain West, and they're going to be part of the the G5. I don't think you can. I don't know because you got the automatic bid. For a bull, there, I I don't see any way they're going to honor that. Personally, I, I don't. But I don't, like. I, I think it's one hell of a recruiting tool. Hey, come here so and for beat one this year. For one year, right? I mean, maybe at, at best they're going to honor it for one year. I personally don't think they're going to honor it at all because it's two schools. So one of those two gets two schools gets in. It gets in. Like, yeah, I don't think so. It's like you start in the schools, like, all right, I already know the conference championship is you and me. But uh, anyways, we got some more scheduling for conference in the MAC. The MAC plans to eliminate the East and West divisions. Uh, the top two teams based on conference winning percentage will compete for the MAC championship. Each team will face all 11 opponents home and away during a three-year cycle. Yeah, I mean, you know, pretty much all, not all, but a lot of um, the college football conferences are moving to this, right? Like, um, you know, the the the, the Big Ten's moving to it. Um, ACC already did it. Um, you know, Pac-12 did it this past year. Uh, the Big 12 has been that way for a while now. So, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, most are probably doing this. Um, one that I don't I don't see doing it is the Sun Belt. I don't think the Sun Belt will do it. I think the Sun Belt's gonna gonna stick to their conferences. Um, and I think that's a I think it's a good thing, you know, especially for these G fives, um, because it helps. Like it helps. Well, number one, it helps control costs, right? Because you're you're playing, you know, teams in closer proximity to you from a travel perspective um, and it helps kind of build those rivalries too. Right. Um, so I, I don't see the Sun Belt moving away from that. Um, they may, they could be one of the last ones, right? I mean, the mountain West doesn't do it anymore. Um, Conference USA doesn't do it. Um, the American doesn't do it. So yeah, Sun Belt might be the last, the last man standing, right? Could be, yeah. I think so. So I, I I don't remember which conference it was, but I had read something. It was like, hey, we're the only G5 one left. I should have paid more attention to it. It's got to be. It was, I think it was Troy. Um, I think is what it came from. Yeah, that's Sunbelt. 
that's the Sun Belt. So, so yeah, I think Sun Belt's probably the Sun Belt might be the last FBF's conference to kind of do it that way. Um, and like I said, I personally don't see them changing it. So, so then we got some coaching stuff. You want to talk to us about some coaching changes? Yeah, one we missed last week um, was Middle Tennessee. Uh, Rick Stock still was fired. That's kind of a, I don't know, a little little surprising, shocking to me. Um, you know, he, he he maybe they didn't have the year they they wanted, but I feel like he's been a get been a good coach for them. Um, I I did not uh, I did not get a chance today to look up to see who their candidates are, but to my knowledge, they have not hired anyone at this point. So um, stay tuned for uh, Middle Tennessee State. Um, we mentioned this one earlier. Tulane head coach Willie Fritz left for Houston. Um, be interested to kind of see what Tulane does there, and then the other one we mentioned earlier, uh, James Madison, Kirk Signetti. Uh, left JMU for Indiana. The latest rumor I heard, I'm trying to remember the guy's name. Um, is it Bonds? Oh, gosh. Uh, the Holy Cross head coach. Um, yep. That's who I can't think of his name off. Um, that's Bob Chesney. Um, Bob Chesney is kind of kind of the rumored guy. Um, that they the the JMU brass kind of flew up to Worcester, Mass today, um, to talk to Chesney. Um, they flew back those people when they got the plane said it went really well. So the expectation is that Bob Chesney, um, will be the the next head coach at um at JMU again, not official. Uh, he's been, um, <laughs> head coach for Holy Cross since uh, 2018. Um, he's won the Patriot League the last one, two, three, four, five years. I don't know anything about him. I'm gonna have to do some research about. I, I don't know much system. about him. Um, I under, my my understanding is he's like a defensive minded coach, but um. He did not make the FCS playoffs this year. Um, 2019, they lost in the first round. 2020, they lost in the first round. 2021, they lost in the second round. And then 2022, they lost in uh, in the quarterfinal. Prior to Holy Cross, he was at um, Assumption, which is a Division II school. They made playoffs uh, three of his five years. And before that, he was at Salve Regina. I don't even – the North New England no. Football Conference. I'm assuming that must be like Division Three. I don't know. <laughs> um, so he's been around. He's been at different levels. Yeah. Um, see, he's from Pennsylvania. Uh, so, you know, good for, I guess, recruiting, recruiting that state. He graduated from Dickinson college. Um, yeah, Salve Regina is a division three school. Um, he's relatively young. He was born in 1977. So he's, he's 46. Um, yeah, that's all I really see about him. His head coaching record he has, he's just over 700. 111 and 46. Um, like I said, five Patriot League championships, two championships uh, in the Northeast uh, 10 Conference and Division Two. He's won um, Coach of the Year several times. Yeah, so that's all I know about him. Like I said, I, I heard that he was a uh, defensive guy, I'm, I'm more of a, a known for his defense than anything else. So. JMU is a great defensive team. So, oh, let's see. Uh, Boise State. Uh, well, actually, I skipped one. Um, San Diego State hired former Kent State head coach and Colorado offensive coordinator Sean Lewis. Um, I love the hire because I love him, but like I thought they were going to go defensive-minded head coach, and uh, they kind of went the opposite way. So, 
Yeah, yeah, interesting hire. It'll be interesting. Uh, you know, you know, I, you know what I'm wondering. I'm wondering if Colin Schley, if he can enter the portal as a grad transfer, if he follows his new head coach of San Diego State, stays out there on the West Coast. That would that be would make that would make some sense. That'd be and, uh, that'd be pretty interesting. Yep, and then you know maybe they come up with a system that they can steal a win from a Power Five type team uh, every once in a while. I mean, he did yeah. a lot with Kent State, and Kent State's shown what Kent State is after you know he absolutely, left. absolutely. So, like, you know, I think it really. You saw what you know Colorado looked like at the beginning of the year and what it looked like at the end of the year. So I don't remember when his play duties got yanked from him, but they looked they pretty good. Worse. They got worse. The offense got worse after they, they took it away from him. So um, as we speculated last week, uh, Boise State hired their interim head coach, Spencer, Spencer Danielson. He was promoted to uh, to head coach. Um, I really thought this would help keep some players. Um, Taylor Green has entered the portal. There's been rumors that Ashton Jainty is going to enter the portal, but that's not official yet. Um, we know all the players like liked him and loved him. I think you know, so hopefully he can he can uh, you know keep some things together there for uh for Boise State. Man, I loved I'd love to see Jainty there again. Um but I'm sure I have no there's no doubt that there's some power five schools throwing money, big time money his way. Um but you know from a production and fantasy standpoint, I don't know that he can he's gonna end up somewhere better than Boise State, right? Yeah, it's We'll, we'll see how that goes, and uh, maybe, you know, maybe we'll get a chance to talk to him on this podcast someday. Someday. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Nevada, Nevada hired Texas co-defensive coordinator Jeff Choate as their next head coach. Um, he used to he, be prior to that, he was a head coach in 2019 at Montana State. Um, I don't know much about him. His Montana State teams were decent, made the playoffs. Um, so it'll be yeah, interesting to see what, what kind of offense he's going to run there at Nevada because they kind of went from an air raid to a, a running team. Um, so see, kind of see what his OC hire is going to be. This next one I found very interesting um, just from a stylistic standpoint. Marshall has hired Seth Dogie, um, former uh, QB at Texas Tech, as their new offensive coordinator. He was an offensive analyst at Ole Miss in 2022, and I believe he was a tight end coach at Purdue um, this past year, which is where Graham Harrell was the um, the OC. So I, I got to think he's, a, he's kind of an air raid guy, right? I mean, that's the, that's the offense he played in. The offense he coached in at uh, Purdue this past year, um, and Marshall has not been an air raid team. They've been a, you know, run it down your throat, play good defense team. So it, it just it strikes me odd, um, just because of what you know what Marshall's been under Charles Huff, and 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 kind of what I would expect Dogie's going to bring to the table. Yeah, we'll see. I've, I'll have to dig into him this offseason as to maybe some tendencies that he has or, you know, from his guys he's learning from and go from there. But yeah, it's definitely, definitely not on the running side of the ball, which is, you know, you have Rashid Ali, yeah. you know, you've, they've been running the ball type team, so. Um, and let's see, UTEP has hired Scotty Walden as their new head coach. He was uh, most recently the head coach of Austin P. the last four seasons. They were 9-3 and three this season, ranked 13th. Um, the 2023 Austin P. squad ranked 4th nationally in passing efficiency, ninth in scoring offense, 11th in passing complete, completion percentage, 
13th in passing offense and 15th in total offense um, with 426 yards per game. Passing offense was 274.1 yards per game. And they uh, they set records, school records for scoring offense, total offense, and passing offense. So I think it's safe to say, like, he's going to throw it around, right? Throw the ball. At, at UTEP. <laughs> yep. Which uh, which will be nice to, to see. Hopefully he can get his guys in there. And I'll be, I'll be interested in breaking him down a little bit, um, you know, for these last four seasons. And then here's here's one who we actually – I mean, other than Spencer Danielson we talked about, here's a guy we talked about last week. I think we thought maybe he would be um, – if they wanted a, a more um, seasoned coach, we thought he would be the pick. And, and it's uh, Louise Amonroe is not official yet, um, but it looks like they're going to hire New Mexico offensive coordinator Bryant Vincent as their new uh, head coach. He was also the interim head coach at UAB in 2022. And this past year, he helped lead uh, the New Mexico Lobos offense that averaged 410 yards per game. Um, Their offense was great this past year. Defense was kind of their issue. Um, But, yeah, I mean, one of the guys that we mentioned uh, this past week, I think he was the guy you liked. Um, I think I I liked Tim Rattay a little more just because he was younger. Um, but I think we both said that if they wanted the season guy, Vincent was well, Vincent was a choice, and it looks like he's going to be the man there. Yep. And then the last job we talked about last week, to my knowledge, is still open. I haven't seen anything, uh, any movement on that, and that is uh, that is the New Mexico job where uh, where Vincent came from. You seen anything on that, Luke? I have not seen anything on that. All right, well, let's get on to the conference championship games. And, you know, I'm going to let everyone on a little secret. Luke kicked my butt and if we were betting. <laughs> um, the only game I got right, we both got right. Um, so, yeah, if you if you want betting advice, I'm not your man. I think I said that last week. You I, did, suck, you I suck at betting. Um, <laughs> and, you know, Luke, 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 Luke did really well. Um, I did bet on. I did actually bet on two games, and I went one and one. I bet. Uh, I bet on the Boise State game, and I took also uh, Tulane, and and so you know it was a wash for me. I won one and lost one in actual bets, but yeah, Luke crushed uh, me. <laughs> uh, so in our conference championship games, we had Conference USA, uh, New Mexico State at Liberty. Liberty was uh, minus ten. Over under 54.5. So uh, I won this one. Actually, as, you went 2-0. Uh, I think you said the over, too. I didn't write that uh, down, but I'm pretty sure you did. Yeah, I I definitely felt the over coming. Uh, so Liberty won that one 49-35. Uh, kind of a, a back-and-forth affair there of offenses. But Salter didn't look all that great. And did, didn't um, Pompey get hurt too? He did, but I feel like that was. I'm trying to remember exactly when that was. I don't want to misspeak. I but think it was it, later like in the game. The it was in the, yeah, it was later in the game. Yeah. So, but it was a nice back and forth week, um, or back and forth a game there between Liberty and New Mexico State. It was a fun one to watch. I didn't get to watch the ending i don't think like which kind of sucked because i watched the majority of the of the first half uh which again was was fun to watch but like salter it was, it was, it was like an unex- it was a tie game through the first three quarters yeah it was it was really good it was like i don't know it was kind of weird uh so i'm trying to remember exactly what parts i gotta see but uh, Salter actually ended up with 165 yards rushing and a touchdown and throwing for 319 and two. Like it was, you know, pretty much shot for shot. But yeah, I think the think once uh, Diego went down, that's when when Liberty kind of took over there. But I did not get to watch nearly as much of that game or this next one with the Mac. Uh, Miami of Ohio versus Toledo. 
That was a seven and a half Toledo favorite over under 44 and a half. Uh, I went with Miami of Ohio, just went with Toledo. Miami of Ohio wins 23 to 14. Um, yeah. This one I did not get to watch as much as, but what I did get to see uh, was not all that great. Um, Amos, I'm going to try to pull up the box score here, but I know he had two rushing touchdowns uh, in the game. And here in the Mac. Um, Amos had 74 yards and two touchdowns. And he was pretty much just like running it, you know, inside the five. He was getting those picks, uh, those those runs. But Smith uh, mainly running the ball, didn't look great throwing the ball. He was six for 16, 109, no touchdowns, no interceptions. But yeah, pretty much killed everybody in the, uh, you know, in the passing game. Quan Finn didn't look all that great. He had uh, 33 yards rushing a touchdown, 273 yards passing a touchdown. His first two touchdowns, it was, I think it was the passing first and then the rushing or vice versa, but it was like 14 to 13 or something like that right away. Um, you know, just kind of in command. And then they just kind of sputtered uh, Miami of Ohio's defense. Uh, Buckled down. His QBR was 46.6, so it's not like he had a great QBR. Um, usually, Daquan Finn is running for, you know, more yards than that, too. But uh, didn't have a great game either. But yeah, they they definitely – Miami of Ohio's defense stepped up, and when it got close, they gave it to Amos, uh, punched it in there. Mountain West, we had – oh, let me scroll down here. We, we both got this one right. <laughs> yeah. And Boise State versus UNLV in Las Vegas. Uh, stat correction from last week. We did not, we said that UNLV did not play at the stadium. I did some research. They actually do play at the stadium. They play at the, at the Death Star? Yeah, they do. Oh, they pay weird. about. I thought, I, thought, I thought they had their own stadium, though. They do. Do or did, but they no longer use it. They, huh. they. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I I was reading an article about it because, like, for every home game, it pretty much costs them like seven hundred thousand dollars or something based off of like who they've got to, you know, pay to work security things like that, and then they just do like a flat fee and it's like two million dollars for a home game or something like that or maybe after everything after tickets it's like 160 i don't know but either way math checks out for them in whatever kind of roi system that they look at that they go play at the stadium so gotcha huh, a home game a home game for uh lost unlv boise state two point uh, favorite over under 58 and a half. Both of us get this right. Uh, Boise State wins 44 to 20. And this game was uh, not. Not much of a game. Not much of a game. Um, Ashton I mean, Genty. Taylor was, Green both looked good. Yeah. Um, I got to watch most of the second quarter, third quarter, and then the fourth. Like, I watched. I think I watched the end of the game. <clears throat> but um, Ashton Gentry with 21 carries, 153 yards, one touchdown. George Helani had 20 carries for 76 yards. Um, Bolt looked good. He's kind of looked good, you know, the last handful of games towards the end of the season. He He's a tight end wide receiver for them. Broke his leg, I think it was, last, last year. Last year. Um, but he's been getting, uh, I don't know, like two to five catches a game. And he usually gets like one big yard, like a big, long touchdown. He had uh two for 72 and a touchdown on this one. Genty only two for 15. Taylor Green, 226 yards passing. He was 12 of 15 uh, for two touchdowns and uh, no interceptions. 
Uh, Mavia, on the other hand, 166 yards passing, two interceptions, QBR of 11.2. Just pretty much nobody did anything. Ricky Ricky White, Jesus, both had six receptions for 86 and 55, respectively. Again, it was pretty much Boise State's just controlled this game. (laughs) I was kind of, I mean, like, I will say I was I was shocked at the um, at the spread only being Boise by two. Um, yeah, that was just crazy to me. And then uh, American SMU at Tulane, Tulane five and a half point favorite over under a forty eight and a half. Uh, we both went with Tulane and egg on our face. SMU wins twenty six to fourteen. Um, and, and, I got to watch and, a lot of this game. And and the thing to me is like I can't I don't want to speak for you but I can tell you the world why I mean with no Preston Stone and Kevin Jennings getting like a getting the start I figured out oh, like that's Tulane easy right that's kind of, that was my line of thinking <laughs> had, had Preston Stone played I, I probably would have taken SMU but absolutely uh, you get quarterback gets hurt and a week later you're like you're gonna have to run that you're not gonna change a whole system you know in a I mean, hopefully you're taking quarterbacks that are close to what kind of system you want to run. But Preston Stone's been throwing the ball pretty well to all of his receivers. And I just thought the downgrade was going to be enough. Because usually, you know, Power 5 especially, you go back to that backup quarterback, he is not what your starting quarterback is. The G5 level, kind of the same. Um, So I thought it was a big hit. But apparently SMU's defense, their defense uh, is legit. Said, but I, didn't write they're back more legit than I thought they were. Yeah, they did not write back, and they said, you know, hold my beer, we'll take care of this game. And uh, Tulane loses, like I said, twenty six to fourteen. Tulane didn't have a first down until like close to two minutes to go in the first half. They were at one point in the first, or at one point in the late in the third quarter they were like three for nine on third down conversions just smu's defensive line was just eating up the offensive line for tulane uh, pratt was just having a heck of a day at the end of the game looked like he hurt his shoulder or elbow uh, on his throwing arm so that you know not great for for him but that smu defense was legit and uh yeah, they they end up taking home the American, which um, two who was it? Liberty gets the New York New Year Six Bowl. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna talk to you about that. Like, um, so peek behind the curtain. I I I reached out to Justice. I was like, you know, who gets the New Year Six Bowl? Because you've got Liberty, who goes undefeated and wins, uh, but literally played. The worst strength of schedule, uh, 133rd, <laughs> 133rd out of 133 teams. Or do you play, do you give it to SMU, whose defense has been like light out, lights out? They're 10 and 2, maybe with or the conference championship, Troy, they're 11 and 2. Troy, you know, Troy would be another and their Their two losses are to Oklahoma. And to TCU and TCU at the time, you know, they're just coming off the national championship. So you don't really know what TCU is at the time, but like, who do you reward the team who scheduled nobody or the team that scheduled two P five teams. (coughs) And the, the voters say that schedule doesn't matter. um, When they pick, well, they say it doesn't matter for the G five. But it clearly yeah. mattered for the P five, right? And they, they, they and that's what you know. They like it to me. It just kind of proves like what we all already knew that they could give two craps about the G five, right? Because they didn't, in my opinion, they didn't. They didn't spend much time on deciphering who should be the G five rep, um, because all the arguments they made to exclude Florida State, like, are even worse for Liberty. Yeah, so I th- think they play Oregon, and it sounds like Bo Nix is going to play. So that, 
I don't know what the over under or I don't know what the spread is on that, but give me Oregon. I think I it's like much... sixteen, maybe. It's like give like like I would have much rather seen SMU in that. I would, I would have rather game. seen Troy or yeah. yeah, Troy or SMU. I just think they would have give given uh, they'd give Oregon a better game for sure. Um, let's see. Where is it at? Get to the January. Uh, Oregon by sixteen. Yeah. And then uh, the last conference championship, the Sun Belt, App State at Troy. Troy is six and a half favorite, over under 51.5. Troy wins 49 to 23. Uh, I picked Troy, just picked App State. Honestly, it was a really, really close game until like somewhere in the third quarter or beginning of the fourth quarter. Like it was back and forth. There's at one point, there's a viral video going around like, I don't know if he's a strength coach or somebody's holding back uh, head coach there because they missed a a face mask on uh, the quarterback for Troy. Why am I blinking on his name? Uh, Watson. And it was like one of those things like, oh, like if we have to settle for a field goal or if we have to punt like this, this is a momentum shift. Like you just screwed us. Which then the very next play, there was a questionable like pass interference call that kind of made up for it. And then it was pretty much like once those it was like those two things happened and then it's like the floodgates opened. Then it was like a 51, 52 yard, you know, in the fourth quarter uh, run from Vidal. He was just like anything inside the five. He was just cashing in with touchdowns. They couldn't stop him. Um, honestly, I want to give a shout out. It, it was kind of, it was kind of weird because he didn't play a whole bunch. But I want, I want to get his name here, Damian Taylor. He had five rushes for thirty-six yards, but they were like really impactful rushes. They were like the offense was just kind of sputtering, and he was like this like kickstart that they needed. He like put him in there and. It was just like, you know, kind of like the Tony Pollard when it was Tony Pollard and Zeke, and he's like that, that jolt that the Cowboys needed. Yeah, uh, that's what that's what Taylor, he didn't. You know, he only had five carries, but they were, in my opinion, very very big carries. That if he maybe didn't get those, I don't, I don't know if Troy wins by as much, to be honest. But he he had some really big big runs that that helped out for that team and i think you know sneaky guy that uh was very very pivotal in this in this win while you know box scores aren't going to tell you that watching it you know will tell you that and then kind of funny like like i said it was it was a really really close game i watched a lot most of this game and uh i got the if you take away like like i said it was so close but then if you just look at the fourth quarter troy scored 28 points and appalachian state for the game scored 23 so if troy only plays the fourth quarter and appalachian state plays the whole game troy wins 28 to 23 but it was like just so much closer than that score led on so that's that does it for our conference championships yeah, Luke went four and one, and I went one and four. Luke won our championship. <laughs> um, let's get to the top twenty-five. So, uh, looking at the AP poll, um, kind of kind of interesting. They they have a different perspective uh, than the college football playoff, but they had SMU ranked higher. Um, SMU was eighteen. Um, Liberty, I must have this wrong. There's no way they're both 18. Hold on. Uh, uh, let's see. AP, I'm sorry, SMU is 17. Liberty was ranked 18th. S, uh, Liberty was 20th the previous week. SMU was unranked. Um, 
Tulane is ranked 23rd. They were 18. JMU stayed at 24. Uh, Troy was 27. They were 30. Miami, Ohio was 30. They were 35 previously. And Toledo was 31, whereas they were 23 previously. Um, But the college football playoff, which is what matters for the New Year's Six Bowl invite, Liberty was 23. um, SMU was 24. Uh, Tulane dropped out. They were 22 before the loss to SMU. So it's kind of interesting that, you know, the the voters in mass thought SMU was better than Liberty, but the the college football playoff committee thought Liberty was better than SMU. Now maybe they didn't. Like I said, I, I don't I don't know. They spent a ton of time on um, on that selection personally. Just based on, you know, the things they were saying about Florida State, but yet here you're promoting the the team with the the worst uh, strength of schedule and all of FBS as your G five rep. Now maybe maybe they did it on purpose, right? To protect to protect the P five brand, right? Hey, this is easy. Let's give let's give Oregon, you know, the the team that was undefeated, but you know, probably not as good of a team. Maybe yeah, maybe maybe that's what they were doing is protecting the brand. I don't know. <laughs> I I mean that's some pretty big uh, uh, conspiracy theory. I just think, but then the other part, you know, is you know the networks run the the networks run everything, and I just don't think they they really know who Liberty is. I get it. They're yeah. they are. They are 13 and 0 and they see the record and like, yep, we'll go with them. Um, without really digging it's you know, who's deserving versus they are 13 and 0 and they are a conference champ. So go ahead. But you didn't do that with another conference champ in the power five. Right. So so if we're gonna go with the most deserving, I think it's SMU. I could get behind Troy. Troy's defense is out of this world. So I yep. can go with any of them. All right. Uh, as we wrap things up, our players of the week. Luke, you want to go first? Yeah. So I went with Kamani v- Vidal, Troy, 233 yards rushing, five touchdowns in their conference win over App State. He was just too much for, for App State. And, uh, Congratulations on back-to-back championships for uh, Troy. And I went with uh, Boise State quarterback Taylor Green. He was 12 for 15, 225 yards passing, two passing touchdowns, 90 yards on the ground, and another two rushing touchdowns um, And Boise State's win over UNLV. And I'm very interested to see where he ends up, um, you know, out of the portal. said maybe maybe he's another one like I, I don't think he passes well enough for a Robert and I offense um but he certainly brings the mobility um be interesting to kind of see where he ends up just hopefully they know hopefully they don't force him to be a pocket passer and allow him to you know Let him use, do his his mo- use his mobility and do what he does best yeah that's that's all we got tonight. I mean, that's pretty I mean, much it. The, the only game we're looking forward to, hey, Army versus Navy this week, right? Yeah. Um, that's always a great game. I, I enjoy the game. Um, you know, and, and and maybe I haven't looked at the weather forecast, but I always love the Army-Navy game when you when it's snowing, right? Like two smash mouth, throw, you know, run it down your throat teams in the snow. Like that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. And they always have like the best uniforms, right? Uh, they they break those out for uh, for that Army Navy game. Uh, let's see. The, uh, just gonna try and look at the weather. They're playing in uh, in Gillette Stadium this year. Let's see. Um, what's the war forecast for Saturday? Oh. Ah, there is. There won't be any snow. Um, it's 50 high of 55, low of 39. So no snow. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, other than that, yeah, that's it. Uh, I guess next week we'll, we'll be back next week, um, and we'll talk about the uh, the bowl games for that coming week. Give you kind of kind of preview those and players we like. Um, we'll have more information in terms of who's opting out, uh, who's in the portal, and yeah, uh, that's that's kind of what these. I think these next couple weeks should be justice, like you said. Each Monday, we'll kind of preview the bowl games for that week, and then maybe what guys are in the portal or who have committed somewhere um, or any head coaching things. Uh, we'll kind of, I think we'll gauge about like how crazy it is. Um, if yeah, there's like yeah, a whole yeah. bunch of things to talk about, then maybe uh, we split things up a little bit. But, you know, I would assume with, you know, a 20 day window, there's going to be a lot of things going on here during the bowl season. So there should hopefully be things to talk about each week. Hopefully it's not all, you know, on the front end or the back end, hopefully it's kind of evenly spread out. That doesn't actually ever happen. So these kids will do whatever they want, whenever they want. Yep, absolutely. So enjoy your week and uh, we'll be back next week to talk about some uh, G5 bowl games. Good night. Good night.